This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. And happy new year to all of you. We have some exciting news to begin the year with, which is that we are now uh, being hosted at Glassbox Media, which is just a different podcasting company. We're excited to be working with them. And in terms of listening to the show, nothing should change for anybody on your end. If you subscribe to this on some podcasting platform, Mm -hmm. the feed should work just fine. The only change is that there may be different types of ads placed on the show, maybe more mid-show ads, too. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind that if you want ad-free shows, you can always get them at patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. No better time to do that. (laughs) Honestly, we we owe it to you all for for us being able to kind of take a little step in the in terms of making this part of our job instead of a fun hobby that we got to do. We couldn't do this without you. It gets to be both now. It's really exciting. Yeah, it's it's it I I cannot stress enough that this is pretty life-changing for me actually so well very exciting so and deal. congrats um, yeah, to us congrats Yay. to us we're Thanks proud to and took a long time but Yay. Yay. All We've right. only been podcasting for nine years. So, yeah, like, like so I figured we would start by just pissing everyone off then because what better way? Um, we're did not going to talk about uh, Kevin McCarthy right now? No, it's too easy I've and it'll sco- keep going oh, for the next three months. So okay. there's well, no story yet. We're, I'm going to demand a McCarthy corner at some point <laughs> this at episode. At some point. Um, let's start with, did you watch the Monday Night Football game this I week? I mean, I definitely followed the many news alerts I got regarding it. Um, one of the, uh, the safety. Yeah. He's a safety for the Buffalo Bills. Tell me his name. Damar Hamlin. He collapsed on field and my under, this is what I saw. He collapsed on the field, had to undergo a CPR for something like 10 minutes mm-hmm. on the field, on the, fi- on the field, which is horrifying. Made a tackle that wasn't, didn't look weird. I will say. Uh, oh, is that? I, he made, um, a tackle on someone else. It wasn't that strange. And then he just didn't get up. And that he got up for like a second and then collapsed, huh. which again, all of that is bad. Sure. But all of that is not weird in the context of a football game. Right. What was weird is that when he collapsed on the field, he stayed down. Yeah. And very quickly, everyone seemed to realize, oh, this is, this is very bad. It's an emergency. Bad. Um, so you're um, right. They and so they CPR for like 10 minutes. Yeah. They brought him to the hospital mm-hmm. and, my understanding is that the NFL was ready to move forward with the game. Yeah. And the coaches were like, excuse me, did you just say you're giving our team five minutes to warm up <laughs> after we just watched our friend and colleague have CPR performed yeah. on him and we don't know if he's alive or dead? No, I'm going to go ahead and gracefully bow out of trying to rip the heads off my fellow man in light of this tragedy. (laughs) The NFL says they did not say they had a five-minute warning, but everyone, including the broadcasters, including the teams, are like, Mm. we were under the understanding we were supposed to get back to play. Uh, Well, we didn't say it. It's not in a memo, so we can't be held responsible. Yeah, but you're right. The coaches and the players were basically made it clear to league officials, like, we are in no no place to keep playing this game. And then they canceled it. They have not rebooked. It. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. Oh. But all of that oh, happened. We that's talk the about baseline. How garbage NFL is. Uh, we could be. I do so love here's the thing. About that. Who? Here's the question that I think should be asked as we are waiting for Hamlin's condition to get better. It's gotten He's a little a, better. He seems to be alert. Has holding hands with his loved ones as of yeah. this. This is six thirty on Thursday. Yeah. So it's getting a little better. We're still waiting on that. 
Um, what I wanted to mention is if there's one thing people should be talking about, especially the experts who cover the NFL for a living, mm-hmm. a couple questions arise. Like, is there anything... Did he, he didn't seem to do anything wrong on that play, and the other players that he was like the other team didn't seem to do anything wrong. Right. This wasn't an illegal hit. This wasn't a violation of the rules. So did the NFL do anything wrong that led to this injury? Okay. That was that's a fair question to fair be question. asking. Is there any protective gear he should have been wearing or that he wasn't wearing? Well, that do we even the know league... what exactly happened that caused this collapse? Did his heart? Stop or I'm not even gonna try to give you a medical explanation. Okay, well you for went to a year of medical school, so what did I pay for that for? Uh he <laughs> had a heart and then it got hurt. That's okay. the best I can got do it. for you. Um but did the NFL like if there was a concussion, the question is, you know, are the helmets protective enough? Mm-hmm. Is there a type of hit we should be banning from the field? That's kind of the analysis that's non-medical that I want to hear from the people for at, for example, ESPN, because mm-hmm. Those are the sort of people who, if they're commentating on the game Mm -hmm. and they're analyzing the game, you have the loudest megaphones, right? right? Like, I want them to be the ones criticizing if, or at least raising the issue. Let's change it. Let's talk about those issues. Um, So bear with me for a second. I want to explain. Here's what I saw after the game. where we're going here. Yeah. So after the injury happened, uh-huh. and as he's being taken off the field, realize if you're a player on the Buffalo Bills, which is Hamlin's team, or you're on the Bengals, the opposing team, like there's not much you can do at that point. Of course. Other than, I mean, hopefully not suiting back up to get back <laughs> right. to playing Right, just watching horror so with the rest of us. the players, uh, at least on the Bills, I believe, formed a prayer circle on the field. Mm. Fine. Doesn't bother me. One, they're adults. Two, mm-hmm. it's a private league. I, yeah, it's not Bremerton. It's not a high school. It's not a coach telling him to do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, not my way of dealing with grief, but if that's the way they're dealing with it, doesn't bother me one bit. Um, fine. Here's, and by the way, some of the uh, loved ones, some of the people who held press conferences after the game, and they were asked, how are you feeling about this? What are you doing? Which... There's not much to say at yeah, that point. Terrible. But a lot of coaches, players also express like, I'm praying to God that he gets better. Mm-hmm. Fine. That's how you're dealing with it. I am not mad about that. Okay. Where I got mad, especially, is when I saw the way people were commenting on this thing when they were in a position to offer better commentary. So I'll give you one example of this. And I have a clip that I want to play from the show. Uh, one of the shows on ESPN featured a football analyst named Dan Orlovsky. I don't watch his show very much. I couldn't tell you more about him. And I'll preface this by saying, I think he was just doing what felt right to him in the moment. But what he did is instead of talking about the things we just mentioned, Mm -hmm. could we have done anything? Could the NFL have done anything to prevent this? Is there blame to go anywhere here? Sorry, this guy's a representative of whom? He is a football analyst for ESPN. Okay, so he's not Not on behalf of NFL, not on behalf of, okay. He's the sort of person who has a megaphone that could get people talking about these things. Right. So here's what he said. I'll talk about it. You're not saying a man was cowardly in the face of a little bit of difficulty, are you? Because I've never seen there's no shortage of criticism against like ESPN analysts for not going harder mm. against the NFL because they have a mutually beneficial of relationship. Course, of course. This is not about that. I, this is not about that. Here's what he said. I'll talk about it on the other side. This is about a minute, minute and a half long. Um, football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst He's of absolute player. tragedy last mm-hmm. night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm-hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, 
this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you, and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace, if we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. Okay. Uh, finish off this clip right here. Boom. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he spent about a minute and a half during their commentary show where he basically breaks out into a Christian prayer. Here's, and he, by the way, he got plenty of praise from that online. You know where I heard about this first? Where? It's from Christian websites that were raving okay. about the fact that this analyst used time on ESPN to pray in front of everybody, like to show everyone how it's done. Okay. Um, and again, if he did that off the clock, I don't care. It's not, I, it's not my business. Here's what I didn't like about that prayer. And this is what I was mad about because this is a guy who's on ESPN live. He has the ability to raise issues issues that I don't and no one else does. Here's what I didn't like about that. One is this comment like, we believe in prayer. Who is we? Is he talking about the entire ESPN viewing audience? Because no, we're not all of your faith. And maybe the three people sitting at that table Mm -hmm. offering commentary shared his faith. But the idea that, hey, you know what? I'm Christian, so I'm going to go ahead and offer this prayer for Hamlin. Like, imagine if that was any religion but Christianity how that would have gone over. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't. It never would have. Yeah, people would have been pissed off. The idea that everyone just, we're all cool with this, right? I'm just going to stop everything we're doing and break out into a Christian well, song and dance routine Do you routine think here. that if like a Jewish person gave a prayer, do you think that, that it would... That was explicitly would... Jewish, the way this guy's was explicitly yeah, Christian? That's what I'm wondering. It would not have gone over well at all. You don't think? Name a, name a time it's ever happened. It I wouldn't. mean, it, it hasn't. It hasn't and it doesn't because and it no won't one would ever because do of course that. nobody would put up with it, but... I, oh, yo, yo, and imagine this is going to be one brown, of those things it, that you're real mad about. Oh, I'm and so I mad about it. I'm not done yet. Mad Orlovsky about it. is white. Fine. Imagine if a brown person who wasn't Christian did what he just I mean, tried listen, to do. listen, white privilege is not new territory I know. for us to tread upon. So that's one thing. He assumes, I'm Christian. I'm, I've seen other people doing this, so I'm going to do it too. Using my time on ESPN. That, mm-hmm. It's using the platform that bothered me. If he did it, on the car on the way there, wouldn't care. Here's the other thing he said, and this is the one that I don't think, tell me if you picked up on this, okay. because I think most people I was pretty who fucking commented focused. on you this uh, did not hear any of this. We're sad, we're angry, we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. You know what's that funny is thing, I heard the that we're sad and angry and we want answers and immediately spun off in my head of like, well, that's a really nice sentiment yeah. and, and missed that last, yeah. that Some last things tag. are unanswerable. No, this is a medical injury on an NFL field. 
it is very much answerable with enough evidence. And he is one of the people who could be demanding that the NFL do a better job of taking care of players' health. Mm -hmm. uh, I just found this out. I did not know this. After you retire from the NFL, the NFL, I guess, covers your insurance for five years and then it's cut off. Like, I'm g- genuinely <laughs> shocked that they offer anything and to XFL. I believe that only happened XFL. after people complained and said, you don't do anything for all the concussions and the, the brain trauma Listen, and all that stuff. Listen, who do you think is worse to its veterans, the U.S. <laughs> Army or the NFL? And it's kind of a joke, but as soon as I said it. They have VA hospitals. They don't have anything for former NFL. How are those doing, though? Right? But the thing is, like, your job is to point out how the safety of players very much depends on the league's okay, decisions. Can I this just guy give you- was like, I'm going to pray. By the way, some things are unanswerable. I guess we will never know what happened to this player is the okay. insinuation he's making. Can it's I, in God's hands. Can I give, like, the tiniest bit of pushback sure. on, like, your specific brand of anger in yes. this? I, I think if... I think I would be feeling very different about this if it was a bad tackle that hurt him, if mm-hmm. it was helmet-to-helmet contact, like something that we saw happen in front of us and understand that it could have been prevented. You know what I mean? If like, it was if obvious he was wearing, that it could have been prevented. If it, and obviously, while he's on the way to the hospital, nobody knows exactly what happened. But it seems to me that, like, he's 23, 24. He was he's a young 24, guy. 24, I believe. 24. Yeah. It seems to me he, from what I could gather, uh, listen, when I was in junior high, a a friend of mine dropped dead in my school playing badminton. He just had heart problems and they caught up with him during fucking badminton in junior high and he fucking died in front of us. Things like this do happen. And I'm just not sure. And listen, I am never going to defend the NFL, but I'm not sure that he should have, his first instinct would have been, well, the NFL fucked up or the NFL could have prevented this. Not calling for that. Not asking for him to do that because he's saying he's, I'll I'll give you an alternative here. Scott Van Pelt, the host of SportsCenter, um, and another football analyst, Ryan Clark, were immediately on ESPN after the game. And so they they cut in early because uh-huh. they were already ready to do the post-game stuff. They had to deal with the immediate aftermath of the incident. And later on, and when I read what like sports media people wrote mm-hmm. about the coverage of this incident, mm-hmm. they overwhelmingly praised what Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark did. And the New York, uh, CNN, CNN spoke with Scott Van Pelt later. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so, like, what was going through your mind as you're dealing with this the coverage the guy of who this? who did the prayer? Uh, no. Oh, who's Different Scott guys. Van Pelt? Scott Van Pelt is the host of Sports Center. Oh, okay. Normally, here's what he told CNN. This is supposed to be a fun show. We're the diversion. There's a lot of serious bullshit in the world. Yeah. But we're here for the fun. That's what we do. But we are also capable of covering something serious. And Van Pelt said that before going on the air for their top-rated Sports Center show, mm-hmm. he made the decision to focus strictly on the known facts. I kept leaning into what we know, he said. We'll deal in what we know, not in what we wish we knew or hope to find out. And the truth is we knew very little, which meant in practice they did not have medical personnel come on the show to say, here's what might have happened to the guy. They were just probably would have been irresponsible because because we don't know at the time. That is a very different take than what this other ESPN guy, Orlovsky, did, where he's like, you know what? 
Some things are unanswerable. You just got to give it up to God. Like, but, no, but Hammond, you things can. are unanswerable. No, he doesn't know the answer. That's different. He is assuming, like, uh, you know, we'll never know. And uh, who am I? A guy on ESPN who has the NFL's ear who could say, I hope the NFL is spending considerable amounts of time or money or research to make sure that what happened to this player never happens to any other player if there is something in their power that they could have done. I just, he could have said that. No, I, he didn't say anything. Why would he have? That. Because there he, was absolutely no way that anybody could know that it was the... Listen, I'm you know I... I'm not blaming the NFL. I'm not blaming the NFL. No, listen, I'm I haven't watched football in fucking 10 years because I think it's genuinely morally not okay because it's so dangerous for people. However, if somebody collapses on a field, not after a bad hit or something or mm-hmm. like something that a pad could have prevented or a rule could have prevented. This guy's heart just gave out from what we can tell. And I just don't see anybody who in that moment of us all trying to deal with this collective trauma, watching a man be resuscitated on the field and then be like, Oh, well, we're going to go down hard on the NFL. That's just not how I'm human not beings work. That. You're not a human being. You forget I know, that the rest of us asking, have emotions. I am not asking him to go then after the NFL. You, he has said, some things are unanswerable. This may not things be one of them. Why is he assuming that? He isn't. And, and he he's said cloaking it. If he said, here's what Franklin Graham cares, said. Though? Hang on. You're Who not you're not he hearing what I'm un- saying. I am. No, and no, no, I think no. you're wrong and stupid. That's fine. This Ugh. is what Franklin Graham said, and of course he's the evangelist. Here's what his post was. The Buffalo Bills know who to call out to for help. Well, the, hang on, Graham hang on, hang on. Always I'm not gonna done be yet. an idiot. I know. Tell me why this is different from Orlovsky. The entire team dropped to their knees in a circle of prayer after DeMar Hamlin was taken away via ambulance. They knew that DeMar needed help that only God can give. Today, millions of people continue to pray for this young man, and I am one of them. No credit to the medical personnel. I'm ex- oh hang on. God. I'm expecting this from Franklin Graham. Hang on. You're not a 17-year-old you new atheist. Whatever. We need to get over this okay. shit. Are you done yet? Hang on. So... Franklin Graham's no credit to the medical personnel, no credit to the hospital team, the doctors, nurses working on him right now. He's just like, yep, they're praying because they know only God can fix this. Of course, that's a dumb thing to say. Of course it you is. expect that from Franklin Graham because he doesn't know any better. The ESPN analyst who has probably covered injuries and the NFL's uh, inability to handle things the right way when the obvious answer is always right there. Here's a guy who could say, What's the, uh, ask the question, what's the NFL doing about this? What are they planning to do once they get a medical, uh, autopsy is the wrong word, when they get the report about what happened from the experts in the hospital, what is the NFL going to do to try and prevent this? If there is something in their power, are they going to see to it? Are they going to postpone this game indefinitely? Are they going to make sure that the trauma that happened here, I mean, there are so many things you could be doing to pressure the NFL into doing the right thing. What did this guy do? He basically what said, is- hang on, hang on. Here's what he said. We don't know what happened. Some things are unanswerable. If prayer didn't work, we wouldn't be doing this. We all believe in prayer. That's what he's doing. And because he's cloaking it in prayer, it all sounds very good to a lot of listeners. But again, I don't need an ESPN analyst to 
shove his faith in me. And I think that would be obvious if this was anything but Christianity and a guy who, not his fault or anything, but if the guy wasn't a white guy who happened to be Christian and he was a brown guy who happened to be any other religion, well, people first of all, would have would not com- be on ESPN. No, they, they have, only they hire have white plenty. Dudes. They have no, plenty of Jewish people. They have plenty of Indian people on the staff too. Not enough, but they do. And I watch them all the time. But if one of their other anchors did what this guy did, it would not receive the praise it got. Yeah. That's the thing that bugged me. By the way, on Fox Sports One, totally different place. There was another co-host named Nick Wright who offered around the same time. Also part of a panel discussion on this. I'm not playing his clip, but here's what he said. He praised the medical workers for their quick reaction. He highlighted how people who were desperate to, like, channel their grief into something positive donated to a toy for kids, toys for kids fundraiser Mm -hmm. that Hamlin had started on GoFundMe. He was hoping to raise $2,500 before the injury. He had not met that goal. It's now at like 8 million and counting because people wanted to give, they wanted to help in some way. He highlighted that. He brought up, by the way, Nick Wright on Fox Sports 1, he brought up that people close to him were religious, even though he's not. And he appreciated the fact that they had their faith to help keep them grounded during a tragedy. And he didn't begrudge them that. He Mm -hmm. didn't use that platform to say, here's why they're wrong. That's what I'm for. But, like, he didn't do that. I thought that was a perfectly normal, fine way of saying, let's give credit where it's due. Here's what any one of us can do if we want to help in some way, because we don't have the power to do anything else. Right. You know, chip into the fundraiser. Right. And, by the way, I respect and understand that people are using their faith to deal with this really scary thing. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I don't personally have that is what he's saying. But he also didn't sit around and say, like, no, let's let's trash the people who are saying this about God. Like, let's he didn't. I thought that was a much more of course. sensible take. I and that's s- not what the ESPN guy did. A, I agree that Look Fox that. Sports One guy. Is that it? Nick Sports Wright. One? Yes. Uh, did a better job. But also he is a person who philosophically is more aligned with us. Oh, I thought he was way more conservative so, than I was. With the, you know, I'm not religious, but everyone else is, and I'm kind of jealous of that. No, that's not my take. But I'll take it. Me and him do not see eye to eye. No, this. this is just one of those things that I am never going to get my hackles <laughs> up about. You, like, th- the fact that you got mad about this is blowing so my mind. It, so mad. Genuinely, this is the thing we have this conversation we have all the time of like the shit that like <laughs> pisses you off is so confusing to me. It's always like, I'm mad. Cause I like football. I like watching like football? it. Cause I have nothing else dubious. in my life that I like. I keep asking if I can come over and be with friends. No. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not, no, you were the time down. I'm not done talking about this. Yes. Thing. I just am not sure that you and I personally should be in the business of like shitting all over people who are coping with tragedy I'm and not, trauma. I'm not shitting on the, buf- I, the Buffalo Bills prayed on the field. I'm Didn't bother me one bit and I'm not Bills. mad about I'm it. talking about our ESPN gentlemen. Yes. Listen, Hammett, these are real human beings who are going through real trauma. Who's paid money we- to offer NFL expertise, not be a preacher on TV. It's not like he, like, every time somebody makes a touchdown pass, he's like, oh, God had his hand on that one. Like, he is a man dealing with trauma if in the way did, that he has been taught to. 
that's it doesn't matter. That's not what we're talking about. It absolutely is not what we're talking about. That's a false equivalence. If he just said, you I, you know, I'm into pray- the most specious arguments if, when you think you're right, it's said, embarrassing, Hammond. I think your argument would apply if he said something like, you know, I'm praying that this guy gets better. If he left it at that, I would be like, I'll roll my eyes, but, but I'm not going to get mad about that. it. That's how people, like, that I'm is not mad about appropriate. That. No, no, no. I, Using a minute and a half on TV to do your little prayer routine for everybody? No. This is, heaven. These, these can't be the fights we pick. Okay, I'll give you a better fight. Fine. Um, actually, no, I'll get to a better fight in a second. <gasps> this is an interesting story out of Pennsylvania. Um, so we've, here's your McCarthy moment if you want. Listen, <laughs> I only want to talk about McCarthy the last two days. You have like 30 seconds. Okay, the Get last two days I have been at work at the barn and we've been like basically reorganizing our whole office, which is insane. So it's like five people in a tiny office. And every time for the last 48 hours, a new vote came in that he lost. I would cackle, like throw my head back and cackle and then yell the number. Um, And then today, I just want to tell you, I literally interrupted a vet appointment with my cackling. (laughs) I was holding a horse who was getting her leg um, uh, scanned, not scanned, like a, what's the thing where you like look at like an ultrasound, but for your leg. And literally, we were like in the middle of it, and I'm holding the horse, and I glanced down at my phone because I got an ESP or ESPN alert, a yeah. CNN alert. Yes. And I cackled because that was eight. And then later in the office, I was laughing so hard that I could only sign the number nine. <laughs> and thankfully, the women who work with me know sign language because I couldn't breathe. I was so laughy. Laughy? Happy is what sure. I meant to say. Okay, let's go. Okay, so in Pennsylvania. We've earned this, is what I'm saying. We've earned we- this shot for. for- Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed, and exactly how much we needed, from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You, too, can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Years. Glassbox, we appreciate you taking the risk. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Pennsylvania because they have a weird situation with their house as well. Because all the attention for people who care about politics at all, what you probably remember from election night is John Fetterman won their Senate race. And maybe that Doug Mastriano, who ran for governor and was a Christian nationalist, lost the governor's race. Maybe. Uh, He did to uh, Josh Shapiro. Very exciting, very big elections. But what 
probably went under a lot of people's radar, is that their state House, after years of being under Republican control, House and Senate, mm-hmm. in the state of Pennsylvania, the House flipped to Democrats. In Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania. Well, they, that's a good sign. They had a 102 to 101 majority Ooh, in the okay. House. All right. Razor thin margins, Razor but thin. wow, they managed to flip the state house nice that job, gives them the ability to do some stuff. But here's where it gets weird. Um, two of those people who were in the state house, they were state representatives, had also run for Congress and won. And so very exciting. But that means they're going they're to Washington, from... D.C. They're not sworn in yet because of uh, McCarthy. <laughs> but they are over there, <laughs> which means there are two vacancies. In addition to that, there was one Democrat who was on the ballot. He died in October. He, I think he was old. I don't remember the circumstances. But he died in October. It was too late to get his name off the ballot. Mm. And then he won the race. All three of those are safe Democratic seats. But what needs to happen is there needs to be a special a, election. Yeah. Odds are Democrats are going to win all three seats. Those are pretty blue districts. Sure. Okay, so as it stands, it is not a 102 to 101 majority in the House. It is a 101 Republican to 99 uh, Democrats. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. If you're the Republicans and you're like, no. we need to elect a Speaker of the House, do you say, you know what, let's wait to do that until... Like, we can get the special elections done in February. No. What did the Republicans do? They said, we're going to hold, we're going to push back, we're going to sue to file the special election in May. They want to push back the special elections as long as possible. I think May is their deadline, the the last time they could do it. Um, And they're asking the courts to let them do it in May because they're the majority right now in the House. And the Democrats are like, dude, we won. We won the elections. We have the majority we just have these three vacancies for other reasons. Right. Okay. So there's we should the hold dilemma. those votes. So I won't, I'm, I hope I don't screw up all the specifics there, but this is their dilemma. They need to vote mm-hmm. on a Speaker of the House. And the thing is, the, re- the Republicans couldn't coalesce around one name. Wait. Very McCarthy. That sounds familiar. Very familiar. So at some point here, over the course of trying to figure this out, one of the Republicans, one of the quote-unquote moderate Republicans in the Pennsylvania House speaks with some Democrats, and he's like, you know what? If you guys, like, the Democrats were nominating, like, the head of their caucus. Sure. Who is a black woman, really good politician. They were eager to nominate her to be their speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't have the votes because they don't have those, because you of those vacancies. The, the Republicans wanted to nominate whoever they wanted to nominate. Mm. Democrats weren't going to go along with it, but there was dissension. So one of these Republicans goes to the Democrats and says, you know, if you nominated this other guy over here who happens to be a Democrat... I think you could get a handful of Republicans on your side. So he's saying bailout on the black woman who y'all are really into. Who's the head of your caucus and happens to be pretty progressive. Okay. And go with the slightly less progressive. A slightly more moderate guy. White guy. guy, Oh, Who happens to be who he's worked with on some bills before, but he is a Democrat. Mm. And he's like, I think if you nominate that guy, you would get the votes you need right now. I so think guess, that would also reveal some very interesting things yeah. about uh, well, guess what? Republican Democrats. All the Democrats, Republican. every one of them was like, you know what? We'll take you up on that. And? So they nominated one of their fellow Democrats. His name is Mark Rossi. And Mark Rossi won that election for Speaker of the House 115 Whoa! to 85 over the Republican he second He should go candidate. down and run for Speaker of the House. I know, right? <laughs> so here's the interesting thing. Who is Mark Rossi? Because he's been in the State House of Pennsylvania for 10 years 
um, since like 2012, he mm-hmm. was first voted in. He just became the speaker of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives. Now, what did he compromise to get those Republicans on board? He said, I will drop my Democratic label and I will change my party label to independent. But by and large, he still holds all the same values. That doesn't change his views. It just changes his... Yeah, so that's one thing. He also said in like his acceptance speech this week... Um, that he promises he will be an independent speaker of the House. He won't caucus with either side. Hmm. He'll try to play it down the line, which is fine. Like, Just whatever. Just like the Supreme Court does. <laughs> yeah. But he said, I pledge my loyalty to the people of the Commonwealth, which, hmm. whatever. But then he added, sometimes Republicans will win. Sometimes Democrats will win. And that is fine, so long as the beneficiaries are the people of this Commonwealth. Okay. okay. Why are we talking about Sounds this? Sounds fine. Uh, he doesn't seem to be like a Kirsten Cinema independent. Sure. Who just exists to, oh, like... That- Crap hmm. all over Democrats. He seems like a Democrat who's using a different party label, but he's also a guy that at least some Republicans are like, yeah, he'll give us a fair shake if it we have ideas. Sounds like they respect him as a man of integrity. Yes, and that's important. And here's the thing: so Which what we do is not it? In the GOP. And no one seems to disagree about that. Like, okay. if you don't like him, it's because he's a Democrat or he used to be, sure, and whatever. But here's the thing: this is what was surprising to me about it. Why do Why did that Republican recommend this guy? What is it that he's fought for? What are his principles other than being a Democrat? You know, what are his principles? Well, the thing he's best known for, the thing he made his name for is fighting. No, it's good. He's made a name for himself fighting on behalf of victims of child sexual abuse. Wow. He said he himself was a victim of a Catholic priest back when he was 13 And one of the pledges, one of the things he's been working for for several years is to get a law passed that would do what some other states have done, open up a retroactive two-year window so that past victims of sexual abuse who were uh, time-limited out Uh because of statute of limitations, Uh so they couldn't sue, but now they realize what happened to them. Right. He wants to open a two-year window so that they could file those lawsuits against so their assailants. did they already do something like that specifically for Catholic church victims? In some states they have. I believe in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania they have not done that Oh, I thought entirely. they did that huge Here's investigation. Maybe they did the... Josh Shapiro, the new governor, is the former attorney general who spearheaded that wow, investigation. cool. But the question of, well, what do you do after that? Now yeah. that the investigation is out, the question is, well, now we know there were all these priests. Now that people are better aware of sexual abuse what can we do about it mm-hmm. and mark rossi was one of the guys saying let's do this let's open up this window so that victims can yeah. sue their assailants some the catholic church and like its allies who fought against that law uh-huh. were very much like you just want to get that passed because you want to make money you want to sue whoever whoever did this to you and you want to make money off of this which first of all means He's telling the truth. That That's he what we call got a projection. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Classic he would only get money projection. if the Catholic priest did everything he said they did. Um, but also he said, like, he said to everyone, like, if that law passes, I am not interested in filing a lawsuit myself, but I am doing this for other people in so, that position. So either wh- whoever molested him is dead or he's I have just no not idea. interested. Or he's just not interested. I just love every time <laughs> a Republican accuses anybody of doing anything it's so reflective of their own values of like you're only doing this because you want money and yeah. he and this dude from He's what like, i nope, can tell just principle no genuinely <laughs> i care about human beings go fuck yourself like it's so telling isn't it and mm-hmm. it, it and they do it 
over and over and I over again. Say, there was a law passed uh, that was, it didn't get anywhere. He, okay. he got a law passed. He got that bill passed in the House. Great. Even with the Republican House. He got it passed in 2021. The Republican-led state Senate said no to it. Um, however, both chambers agreed to put it in front of voters for a constitutional amendment in 2021. Oh. Um, which is fine. Put it to the voters. Like, that's all well and so good. How does that however, happen? a procedural mistake made by people who weren't trying to do this on purpose, uh, they couldn't get it on the ballot in 2021. So, anyway, okay. I only say this, I'm, I haven't even investigated the specifics of that law. They want to put this in front of voters. But Mark Rossi is the guy who's been fighting for this to happen. Mm. That's why the Republicans are like, we respect this guy. He's doing this out of principle. And you know what? If you want to make him the Speaker of the House, you'll get a bunch of our votes. And they agreed to it, and they did. Because I'm sure the black woman is definitely (laughs) largely, what, uh, not interesting or compelling or dignified I didn't look into their complaints about her specifically. Sure. Well, we respect this guy, so we'll vote for him. (laughs) That woman? Other Mm -hmm. thing that's interesting, Mm -hmm. the uh, Free Thought Equality Fund Political Action Committee, one of the secular groups that offers endorsements, Mm -hmm. like affiliated with the American Humanist Association, Uh but has the ability to make endorsements, they actually endorsed this guy like in this year for the last election, Uh and they said his other... Why did they endorse him? They said in their blurb, his other policy priorities include protecting women's reproductive rights, uh, dot, 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 improving and investing more funds into pre-K, K-12, to and higher education, hey. increasing the minimum wage, safer hey. communities, youth homelessness. Um, so on a host of progressive issues, he's all there. And by the way, they pointed out... 11. He, he lost 11. He lost McCarthy 11. He lost, lost 11. again. He lost Surprise. 11. Um, and they also <laughs> noted that Mark Rossi here is a free thinker. That was Razi's term to describe his religious affiliation, which I I don't know how he uses that word. Everyone has different reasons for using the religious label they use, especially mm. when you're non-religious. Right. The and word what he <laughs> uses is free thinker, but I think that is that his is way of saying... That is code word for atheism. It could be a code word for atheism. As far as I can tell, he is openly non-religious yeah. he just doesn't talk about it yeah. and that means if i have it this right and i try to cover this stuff as closely as i can i think mark Rossi is now the most powerful openly non-religious politician in the country Wait, isn't kristen cinema non-religious she is unaffiliated takes no position on it wait and her religion in addition to her morals else, yes. and values correct i would say jared huffman he's the humanist in Congress, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but actually Jared Huffman is now one member of a minority party in the U.S. House. The Speaker of the Pennsylvania House probably oh. has more legislative power. Oh, so you're so, talking in like power rankings, not yes. religiosity rankings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I interesting. I thought you were going to be like, he said something about I'm praying for no, you, no, so no, no, fuck no. him. I am amazed that a guy who is openly non-theistic, whatever word he uses, mm. um, none of that seemed to affect the vote for him to be speaker. No one, like, if you have criticism of this guy, maybe it's his policy positions, Mm -hmm. but even the handful of Republicans who voted for him are like, no, we like the guy, we think he's principled. Interesting. Do you think that could happen at the national level? That's a good question. Will there be, like, a consensus candidate that a handful of moderate Republicans, whoever's left... I mean, what the fuck else are they going to do? Right. My my friend Ann, friend of the show, Ann just texted and said if they get to 13, people in 100 years are going to call it a McCarthy dozen and never know why. 
and it really made That's me laugh funny. a lot. So I, I just like wanted it. to give her credit for that. That t- text that almost made me bust out laughing in the middle of this recording. <laughs> um, it's just, wait, it's just so fucking fun to watch. Oh, I just, absolutely. Twitter is fun again. <laughs> it's just, it feels like, it feels like the season finale of White Lotus and the Academy Awards are happening at the same time. Oh, it's great. Someone, we just it, need a slap and we're it's good. It's just outstanding and I'm glad we're all enjoying it. <laughs> uh, you're going to enjoy this one too. Okay. Uh, this happened uh, closely after Christmas or around Christmas, but I, I, and I had to hold it back last week because um, oh, we didn't talk about the I news last week. because I was driving last week. But this is too good to pass up. Dennis Prager, the conservative commentator, wrote an Prager essay. You? Prager, is that you? Prager, you? We'll talk about that in a second. That oh is him. Dennis Prager wrote an essay on one of his weird little websites, um, and it got a ton of reactions on social media because <laughs> reactions. Because okay. here's what he said. He's. Um, <laughs> I'll read this with my best acting voice. Probably an unprecedented number of Americans with grown children will be alone this Christmas because their children will neither visit them nor invite them for the holiday dinner. Parent after parent calls my radio show, often close to tears, sometimes actually sobbing, pouring their heart out to me about being alone on the holidays despite having children and grandchildren. I'll stop there. Okay, first of all, I have so many thoughts on this, but is this how you got low-key famous on TikTok? Oh, yeah, just my acting skills? Yes. No, 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 no. Apparently, somebody posted on the uh, Facebook group that a dude on TikTok picked that up and was like, I only watched half of it, but it's like some dude doing that classic like TikTok. Like, oh, no way. Yeah. He, I'm sure it happened because this was so comically stupid to write that people on TikTok who know how to do these things right. would have had a field day with it. Well, and it was a point of ridicule by everybody. It, it's true, and I think you said, and I only know that because I... I want to be clear, I don't read your shit, but I saw this TikTok video. <laughs> yes. But I think you said something about, like, if they want people to love them, maybe they should be loving, or yes. want people to be kind to them, they should be kind. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Both again, of those are exactly it. Good. Here's the thing. We know why the conservative... First of all, I have I don't trust this guy to tell me the truth about parent after parent calling his radio show sobbing. No, these people but lie let's, just all the time. Let's say he's right about that. Why would conservative grandparents uh-huh. be alone on Christmas? Because they're any homophobic the and all their kids are queer. Because every kid, <laughs> in, because straight people are done. Yeah, I mean, if you if you are either LGBTQ or you care about civil rights or reproductive rights mm. or you're affected by those issues, which almost everybody <laughs> is, right? Turns out, then you know damn well conservatives by and large oppose all of that. The people who vote for them oppose all of that, or they don't care about it, or is, they are willing to accept all of those things in exchange for, like, tax cuts because they're rich or yeah, something 100%, like that. percent. Yes, you're correct. Similarly, if you care about health, then you don't want the unvaccinated or vaccine deniers and conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. putting your life at risk or other kids' li- or your kids' lives at risk. Yep. And that's before we talk about book banning, election denial, whitewashing history, science rejection, also, more guns, more hands, more Places. Honestly, though, can I just like backtrack a little bit yeah. and like, hey, do you think these guys like read or have anything cooled off for the conversation? Maybe you're just a boring guest. <laughs> Did you ever think <laughs> of that? that too. You're and not an asshole. You're just thing. boring. If you're the sort of conservative who seriously listens to Dennis Prager and not does it as you're a not job your or sarcastically, shut about right. this. Like these are not opinions that you're going to hash out over dinner or mm-hmm. that you want to ruin. 
like your dinner by having this opinion shoved in your face. Mm-hmm. These are harmful beliefs that hurt people mm-hmm. that you love. Yeah, that might be sitting at that very table. And so if you have they the have choice, to decide. Yeah, if yes. you have a choice, same thing to yes. say no to those conservative relatives. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you take them up on that? Like, not everyone gets that choice well, I, for a bunch of reasons. But, like, if you do, if you get to decide who's showing up at your house over Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what, crazy, mega, aunt, whatever, we're going to just not invite her over. Here, I get it. Yeah. Uh, Here is why I am always so constantly proud of the Xennials or Gen Z. I don't know what they're actually <laughs> supposed to be yes. called. Xennials? Or I is that me being an that old word, person? Yes, probably. Um, that's fine. Is that <laughs> the boomers and the older people who are saying, like, my kids won't invite me to dinner, ha come, are because those people, and I can speak for this in my own family, did not like their own parents, <laughs> but w- felt for their entire lives obligated to spend time with them because that's what you do. That's a grandparent's right or whatever. And that's not healthy for children. Like, hmm. maybe you shouldn't spend time with people who you actively don't like or don't value you as a human being. So I guess all I'm saying <laughs> is, like, this... Okay, okay. Sorry, this is going to be a a small tangent, but we're going to do it anyway. Okay, there's a lot of rhetoric that goes around on the internet about single women of a certain age of, oh... You're going to be mad that you don't, you, you're so happy being single now, but you're going to be old with your cats and you're not ha- going to have any kids to right. take care That's of why you. you should start having them Which is why you need to have, <laughs> truly. And it's so telling that people have kids specifically because they're afraid of being alone when they're old. And think that the solution to that is to create progeny who would be obligated to hang out with you no matter how good your self is. And then they do. And so, like, that's what they grew up doing. Like, you know, I hated my parents, but we all went to fucking hang out with them. You might hate me, but that doesn't matter. That's how we do. And people who don't like their parents are like... I don't want to be near you. You're mean to me. You are like vicious. You're not kind. You make me feel like shit. You make my kid feel like shit. You make us go to church with you. You don't respect our X, Y, and Z. So when you get a chance to break free of all that, mm-hmm. you do it. it. Um, so what did Prager say? I, I mean, I, I thought he would at least address I some of those How things. How long was I talking? Uh, three hours. Okay. I thought he would at least address some of those concerns or complaints or whatever. Nope. Here's what he said. Oh, what did he say? Here's what he said. The further left you go, the less likely you are to believe that you are accountable to an absolute moral code. On Wait, the pause. other hand, yep. He's talking about what morality. Is, of course, you I know. not inviting your mega aunt means you're immoral. What is that when people say absolute morality or uh, whatever? Morals only come from God. God said these are the rules, and you, heathen, don't follow any but of that. So, shit. is morality respecting your elders? Is that what yes. he's tying it in? Here's with? what he oh, said. Okay. On the other hand, conservatives, certainly religious conservatives, who are people who believe in a God-given Ten Commandments, Ooh. believe that they are obligated to honor their parents, irrespective uh. of such things as political differences. <laughs> religious people who believe they have to answer to God for their behavior are likely to treat their parents better than those who do not beha- believe so. Yes, everybody, live a life 
as such that your family will be obligated to spend time <laughs> with you in your right. old age. Congratulations, Christians. You really if, fucking nailed it. If the only reason you want to honor thy parents is because the old list told you so, uh, be, it means you wouldn't have done it if you didn't have to. Of course. And, and so you understand I why think, nobody wants to hang out with you, Betty. I think the morality is coming from our side over here. And oh like, boy. this is not about political differences or like liberals or snowflakes. Families are not breaking up because people have different ideas about taxes. This is about Truly. like values and decency and the fact that one group of people here revels in hurting the other side. It wouldn't have been Christmas Eve if my dad and my uncle Mark didn't have a political argument. My dad, the Republican, my uncle Mark, uh -huh. a Democrat, but like the richest person I've ever met. <laughs> so who knows, kind of. Um, but it was always about, sorry, I just hit your computer. I'm gesturing a lot. Mm -hmm. It was always about, like you said, minimum wage and money and shit like that. Not like this person is wearing a dress and so I think they should be murdered yeah. like it's just a different life and what else did prager blame for all of this happening gotta for, be gay it's college he blamed college actually here's the thing when because people they say that, always blame college for everything but they're not wrong is the thing and the, the thing is they're right they're just he just doesn't wrong about whether it's a good or bad, <laughs> right he doesn't get that when you have more in-depth education formal education i should say and exposure to a wider variety of people and the ability to explore new ideas mm -hmm. away from like societal cultural religious yeah. barriers that might lead you down a slightly more liberal path i'm very curious like, how many conservative religious people have gone to college and come on on the other end with like their exact beliefs and everything. If in you it just see feels unexamined. A guy who looks like he's twenty but always wears a suit and a bow tie. Uh, you Ugh. have your match. I hate yeah. people like that. I know. So there you go. I saw a thing about how fucking mad people are that Americans wear pajamas to the grocery store, and it's like, get a life. <laughs> <laughs> Sweats um, are incredibly comfortable. I will say, the good news about this is that all of those people who are no longer invited to the family holiday dinners, um, you know, they have a lot of free time over the holidays to rethink their life choices. So, you know, get started. <sighs> you want to talk about Kirk Cameron? Yeah, you do. Wait, did we Cameron? talk about him yet? Uh, like, like two in weeks our ago? Lives, two then, weeks ago? Um, I, I can't remember think if we we've did. talked about him recently. Okay. Here's the reason I want to bring up Kirk Cameron. He wrote a children's book. It's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We oh, talked yeah, about of that. Course. I think. He wanted to do a public library thing and yep. they wouldn't do it. And he was mad. We had a bunch of librarians write in and explain that's to right. us what the fuck that's all about. Okay. So that's where we were at. That, uh, yep. he, his publishers, like we reached out to 50 some public libraries and they said no. And all the librarians are like, you can rent the space yourself. Um, and they were claiming persecution. It's mm -hmm. like no library is obligated to like promote your event for you. Uh, of course. So guess They're what they They're not did? a marketing arm of you personally. Yes. So uh, a couple weeks ago, his team went ahead and rented space from a branch of the Indianapolis Public Library. They, they hosted their own event. And of course, like if you say, if you go to Indianapolis and you're like, hey, Kirk Cameron's reading a book to your kids. Will it get attention? Sure. Yeah, Will it get course. people to show up? Yes. He's a name. He is a name. And so they got people, and the publishers of his book posted pictures on Twitter where they're like, look at all the people here. Like, look, what an incredible turnout. Mm. But here's the thing. Here's what Brave Books 
Uh, Here's what they said. This is a message to every library in the United States. In 137 years of the Indianapolis Public Library's history, never once, all caps, never once have they had over 2,500 people show up to a single event until today. Are libraries in the business of mass crowds? (laughs) I don't think that's sort of their... I think, okay, can I give you a really high arching problem yes. with society right now, specifically you with conservatives, is that they only know how to measure things in monetary value. And font size. And font size. And like, just, they only, I, I shouldn't even say monetary value. They like only look know at how, how many to people ca- came to my rally. Exactly. They know, they only know how to brag about like sheer numbers and like. If I'm not impressed that you got 2,500 people to a free library event in Indianapolis, what, like, what am I... Sp- okay, can, co- cool. I got, like, and, then, okay. and then, I'm not even done yet. On Facebook, guy. Kirk Cameron added that this beautiful library has a large auditorium that seats over 2,000 people, but leadership never offered it to us or even told us about it. Here's the thing. With all of these comments you just heard... They're all lies. You know how I know that? Because they're lying? The Indianapolis Public Library responded on Twitter and they said the following Our estimated door count during the event was around 750, not 2500. Part one. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. 750? 750, not 2500. A third? It's it's about a third, yeah. They said, Who's good at math now? Then wait for it. We've had larger events. Then, <laughs> listen. I lived in Indiana for a long time, and I do hate this state as a whole. But Indianapolis fucking rules. I love that city, then and I added, love this. Then they added, by the way, we turned 150 years old in 2023, not 137. So they got that number wrong. I'm doing. But a then they said, right now. and our auditorium, which our guests chose not to rent, holds 300, not 2,000. So, like, every numeric claim they made was just (laughs) flat-out wrong. Do you know, like, it's one thing for, like, the red-pilled misogynist online to get owned by, like, Greta Thunberg, but for Kirk Cameron to get owned... For Kirk Cameron to get owned by a public library in Indianapolis? Nice. funny. Well done. I... Wait. Kirk Cameron, by the way, had to edit his Facebook post multiple times to remove that comment that he made... Because he's like, oh, I was wrong. Oh, I was wrong. Oh, well, it's just so so indicative of this kind of shit that these this world that people live in is like they'll just throw out whatever number is in their brain, and somebody near them will make it make sense. (laughs) Twenty five hundred, sure, that looks like honestly, I I truly think that we are about to get to this reckoning of conservatives who just make shit up and say whatever they want to and pretend it's truth. And I think we're seeing this in D.C. right now. Of they elected. 150 people who have no interest in governing or doing the business of running a country. And so this is what we get. We're going to be doing this for the next two years and people are going to be like, oh, oh, actually the government needs to be doing things because like we kind of rely on it for driving and living and having water and shit like that. Wild. But it's things like this of like these guys, guys will say a number that they make up and there are dorks on computers bending over backwards trying to be like, well, when he said 10,000, we definitely knew there were 7,000 here and 200 here and 400. Like, 
it's they think they can make anything up they want to and it will be fine. Yep. And no one's going to call them out. On and it, I which... think we're finally getting there that people are going to get called out on easy things that they lie about. And look, I'm just saying if the Christian parents who attended this event want to see courage and morality and really good storytelling, like just go to a drag queen story hour. It's fine. You don't need Kirk Cameron. P- okay. I, that's a thing I've noticed recently is that people are on, on Facebook um, specifically, which is where I do my, most of my public interaction, which is miserable. That's but the saddest thing I've ever heard. It does seem, first of all, I have real friends, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be mean. Touché. I need to stop being very mean to you. Um, but it seems to be that is the go to, like, um, anytime somebody criticizes conservatives, they're like, um, well, at least they're not, like, applying sex to three-year-olds in the form of drag queens. Like, yeah, that has become their new yeah. sort of, like, well, y'all... Do if you raise the concept in any way, it's automatically the worst thing the ever. The worst thing you've ever heard of. I'm just... For the first time in, I don't know, eight years, I'm a little bit optimistic about... The direction no, our country no, is going. No, 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 no. You stop that right now. Maybe people are starting to wake up no. from the Trumpism. Oh God, no! And the no, no, ineffectiveness. No. They're all that. there. It's bad. No, but he's running again, and nobody answers shit. Like honestly, no, I think DeSantis that is not better though. Nobody. It's a different brand of awful. Excuse me. Did you just accuse you me said of you were saying optimistic? I said I was cautiously optimistic about the direction of the country because I think people no. are starting to wake up to this kind of bullshit of like these people are liars and they're not going to follow through on fucking anything. This is why I couldn't be a politician because my general consensus is the American voter is just the dumbest human being. Of course, but even idiots have their floor of like. Okay, you can't just say anything to me and (laughs) expect me to believe it, right? Like, I feel like that's where Trump is. Like, he just keeps lying about everything. And people, it seems to me from, like, online rhetoric, one by one, are like, um, I don't think he is the person I thought he was. Or I I can't believe the person I supported through all this did X. I would kind, I want to believe that, except if some other idiot does the exact same stuff with the same mannerisms that's not with his name, which is what DeSantis is, they're falling for it again. So it's like, we haven't learned a thing. You think people are falling for DeSantis? Yes. Republicans. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, okay. All right. So let's talk about, this is interesting. The Pew Research Center uh, every two years, when the first day of Congress is set to get sworn in, uh, they issue a release <laughs> where they say the religious makeup of Congress. Mm. Um, so they did it again this year. Little did they know. <laughs> so <laughs> sweet and naive, right? the AP. <laughs> uh, but basically, they're saying we looked into what are the religious uh, labels yeah. used by every entering member of Congress and what is different now from two years ago. So in terms of the stuff that I think people should know, uh, for the first time on the list, it actually says humanist. Hey! One, that uh, Jared Huffman from California, last two years ago, even though he was openly humanist, Uh he was listed as other. (laughs) This year, they gave him his own label. So for the first time, there's a humanist on the the, list. The plight of biracial people up until like 2012 (laughs) is other. Yep, yep. I know it well. Yep. Uh, So there's a humanist on the list. That means one member of Congress is a humanist. That is 0.2% of Congress. That's reflective of America, right? Yep. Um, What percent of Congress is some brand of Christian? 
69. Nice. Nice. Really? Yeah. 76? 88% of Congress is Christian. 76 was the number of Mm. trombones in the big parade. Uh, What percent of Republicans are Christian? Oh, 100%. 99. Who's I think not? 98 point something, but Who's it's 99. Not? Who's not? Is it a single person? It's two, two. two. They have two Jewish people in their caucus and oh. one guy, take a guess, who is, quote, Jewish, wink, wink. Okay, that so would be this George is Santos, a person whom yeah. I did not hear of yeah. until I learned and until you know the everything Jew-ish about him. thing. Yeah. Who the fuck is this guy? Can you give uh, me like a 30 second explainer? He lied for years and years and he ran for Congress and lost two years ago. So I think the consensus was, well, he lost. We're never going to hear of him again. We don't have to do any more deep dive into was this Was he dude. always lying? Yeah. Okay. And it, now he won the race. Uh-huh. And it turns out when you actually look into his background, George Santos, he lied about pretty much everything. And by the way, Brazil wants to arrest him on fraud charges. <gasps> Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. Okay, dude, you um, fucked up. And that. even Republicans other than the like well, far mega people, the one we know. none of them want to talk to him based on C-SPAN cameras so he, this week. Wait, We're not even talking about this guy, but he's one of the non-Christians because <laughs> what he told the press is he's like, I'm Jew-ish. Okay, that was my question. What is his religion? Is, I don't know. But is that ba- uh, Does he have any Jewish heritage in him? According to Jewish newspapers, we no. checked and no. <laughs> so who knows? Okay, okay, I don't want to be... They're just li- going by what they publicly said, and they, Pew is not doing the deep... Investigative okay, I don't want to be a dick people. about this, and yes. maybe this is dickish, but like, why would you pretend to be Jewish to win a GOP race? I think he, that's I, my confusion. I think one of the things he was saying is my grandparents escaped like the Holocaust. They they were they. Oh, that's his second problem because yeah. I think GOP is pro Holocaust <laughs> at this point in history. But I think that was one of the stories he told that his, and it turned mm-hmm. out to be false. They have no record of his grandparents there either. Um, I don't know what his wow. deal is. How old is he? Uh, like four. I don't know. No, genuinely. I, is he like our age or is he an old person? He's younger. He's younger than us? He's We're uh, the probably, youngest people I've ever young. met. We're old. Um, he's also old, our age old. 40, 30. I don't okay, know. so he's an adult. He's not like a 23-year-old yeah. idiot. And he's not a 90-year-old lunatic. So that's one thing. So Republican. Oh, we're not talking about him. 99% Christian. I'm frankly that's shocked interesting. it's not 100%. Uh, 33 members of Congress as a whole are Jewish. That's about 6% of Congress compared to 2% of the population. Okay. So they are overrepresented in Congress. I was hoping you were going to give me this. Um, Catholics are also overrepresented in Congress. 148 Catholics. And I would say on the Supreme Uh, Court. (laughs) Yeah. 148 Catholics in Congress. That's 28% of Congress compared to 21% of the population. But Closer. Closer. Um, where is the makeup? Like, who's underrepresented? That would be the unaffiliated batch. <laughs> is it us? Uh, there is one member of Congress who is listed as unaffiliated and that compared is... to 29% of the population. Who is that one? Kirsten Cinema. Fuck you. <laughs> so, a couple other things to note. Uh, Jamie Raskin. The, uh, we'll talk about him in yeah. a little bit. Uh, uh, House member Jamie Raskin. Um, as far as I can tell, he doesn't believe in a higher power of any sort, but okay. he is listed as Jewish. He says, that's what I was raised with. It's the culture I identify with. And Judaism it's, is a tricky thing in terms of... There are of, secular Jews. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, other things to keep in mind. Um, there is one Messianic Jew who is one of these crazy MAGA Republicans, Anna Paulina Luna. There are three Muslims, two Buddhists, two Hindus. A little diversity there. 
so diverse. It's impressive. <laughs> there it's are, almost diverse as this room we're sitting in right now. There are t- <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 members of Congress who chose not to answer the religion question, which is pretty much what it was two years ago. I wonder why that is. I, I'm just Sometimes curious they just believe, like, I'm Christian, but I don't believe it's, it's a part of my public. Business. It's nobody's business. Or they just forgot to answer the question on the survey that we are working off of Or it didn't make to their desk. Um, Who are some of the newer members who don't know or refuse to answer? Uh, Brittany Pedersen, a Democrat from Colorado. Nikki Budzinski, a Democrat from Illinois. Melanie Stansbury, a Democrat from New Mexico. George Santos, who's listed as Jewish, who's the Republican. Wait, no, no, no. He's not listed as Jewish. He's one of the non-Christians... Uh, but he's technically don't know or refuse to say. But the hyphen isn't in there. But the hyphen is not in there. Okay, I just want um, to make sure because we need to have some seriousness in this country. A Democrat from Rhode Island, Seth Magaziner, and also John Fetterman, uh, hey, the senator, hey, also has listed hey. no religious affiliation. I have no reason to think he's Listen, non-religious, anybody but he never talks about it. anybody who beat Draws is my personal hero. <laughs> Draws, yes. I absolutely, uh, truly, uh, Sidney McElroy and Justin McElroy on Sawbones call him Draws, and I, I will like only refer to him as such. Although I do... I'm just never, I don't think ever going to get over Dr. Oz walking into that grocery store and saying like, I need to make a crudite plate and it's too expensive. And like, that was him trying to appeal to blue collar people as if any of them, I don't say (laughs) crudite and I'm a snob. (laughs) Um, I make sure crudite plates all of the time with pate. Here's here's the disclaimer for this entire part of the conversation. Like, this is ultimately a superficial way of viewing all of these people Truly. because, um, of course, all that really matters is how any of these people are going to vote on the issues that matter to us. Mm-hmm. If there's a Republican atheist who votes against women's rights, LGBTQ rights, church state separation. Yeah, it's you're not basic, my friend. Yeah, like then the fact that you're non-religious means nothing to me. And by the way, there are plenty of religious Democrats who do a really good job of fighting for progressive causes. And if they keep doing that, I don't really care how they self-identify. Yeah. Not the reason I care about them right now. You no, know what you, I mean? I, I think you and I hopefully are pretty, uh, what's the word, like, uh, of our values of, like, just because somebody's a, uh, an atheist doesn't mean we want anything to do with them. Like, you need right. to do, because I think Be that's a, a problem person. with, like, Republicans with Christians and things like that. Like, if they are X, then I trust them. And mm. I trust nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Let's also talk about, this is a thing we talked about like a year ago, but it's been a while, and now I've seen these ads it's been creep a year. up again. Um, do you remember those He Gets Us ads for Jesus? I saw them pop up all over the place this week. I know my face didn't college. translate, but... Your face looks like I've never heard of these things ever. The, and how dare you bring it up to yes. me. The, during the <laughs> college football like semifinals and the bowl games, I saw these commercials all over the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them during some of the election or the news coverage now, like on uh, cable shows, because they're putting this ad in front of people who are watching. But basically, if you don't remember these ads, these started appearing a little more than a year ago, uh, sometime in 2021, I think. But basically... These are ads that say things like, he was a refugee. He gets it. Jesus, he gets us. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, they're not advertising for a brand of Christianity or a particular church. They're just saying, geez, it's like milk. It does a body good. I am so critical of things like that that are just like, 
Jesus writ large because yes. who's pouring this money? Because the You're milk. You're getting a step ahead of me here. The milk does everybody good is done by the, the dairy people. council, yes. the yep. um, pork, the other white meat. Yeah. The pork council. Like people pay for this because it is in their financial interest to remind so people that milk is great. Who benefits from an ad that says, like, Jesus is cool, you should give him a second look? I that's mean, the question. That's the thing Who's I'm confused about is like, you can't just say Jesus and expect them to come to your personal church, right? Right. And basically what we learned last year, and I think we talked about this at the time, is that the people who sponsored this campaign, first of all, anonymous donors, we don't know their names. Oh boy. That's messed up. Um, and do you know how much money they're spending on this ad campaign, Ooh. which is not just commercials on TV. Oh, this is why I wanted to bring this up. They, uh, according to the Catholic news agency, they have bought two ads during the Super Bowl, which by my estimation is a cost of $14 million for 60 60 seconds of airtime during the Super Bowl. I remember when Super Bowl ad used to be a million dollars for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Now it's seven million. Wow. So they bought two ads for this too. So you will see this during the Super Bowl. Mm. How much money do they have in the ad campaign altogether? It has to be tens of millions. $100 million ad campaign. Wow. So who's paying for this? It comes from a group. This is from Christianity Today who got a hold of the story. I Christian think Christianity Today does good shit sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And they, I believe he gets us, people are like, hey, Christianity Today, we'll talk to you exclusively sure. if you're right about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they said, it comes from a group called the Servant Christian Foundation, which is a nonprofit backed by a Christian donor-advised fund called the Signatory, which is a weird way of saying there are this group funded by this group. You've never heard of either group. And all of those groups are funded by shadowy donors who we cannot tell you their names. They're all anonymous. But they here's the important thing. They all sound like something Dan Brown made up. <laughs> That's exactly my thought, too. It's just like nebulous, weird groups, and I don't know anything about them. Here's what you do need to know. Um, the people who, first thing you need to know, is that the people who are behind the marketing here, whoever's funding them, and I don't know the answer to that, whoever's funding them, uh, it's a Michigan-based marketing agency called Haven. And what do we know about Haven? The people actually making the ads and getting paid to make the ads that do this, they have previously worked for Focus on the Family mm. and Alliance Defending Freedom, mm. like very conservative Christian groups. Mm-hmm. Which but this seems... time, <laughs> they're being chill, right? And here's my problem with the campaign. I believe, again, we talked about this a while ago. My problem with the campaign is I get that their belief is mm. We are not selling you on a particular type of Christianity. We just want to get Jesus out there. And Which if you, feels noble on its it face. Feels of, like it. I believe this isn't me trying to make money. This yep. is me trying to save people. Yes. Capital and S. I believe the way it works is they have a website, like he gets us whatever, but any church can go there and say, hey, can you add my church's name to your directory? Mm-hmm. And if anyone curious goes to their website, they could say, I'm interested in this Jesus person. Is there anything near me? And they will direct you to all the churches in your area okay. that have signed on to the, all, we're, we're for Jesus and we have no other beliefs yeah, about anything <laughs> no um, other barriers which again that could be fine the problem is like you can't sell any product without acknowledging the side effects and if we've learned anything from the people who follow jesus it's that things don't turn out well marketing like you oh can't God. market jesus unless you acknowledge that most of the people who use the product are like not worth admiring we are about to have another fight no 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 
totally right about it. Alliance defending freedom, focus on the family. No, those Do, are bad those people. Those are absolutely bad people. But so, I'm sorry, are you saying to yeah. me right now with a serious tone that people who are the kind of people who are going to do a hundred million dollar ad campaign for Jesus. Yes. Are you going to be like asterisk? All of your wishes won't come true. No, a lot that's of the, what it sounds like to me. No, I think the problem is that they're saying, if you just agree with us on the Jesus thing, here's some of their ads. I'll, but they believe is, that. They do believe that. Here's some of their ads. Jesus confronted racism with love. Wait, did he? No. I mean, wait, was there racism in the Middle East? Weren't they all the same race? I think they just make up these things. Jesus was a refugee. Jesus fought systems of but oppression. Jesus was a refugee, like, is ba- it's folded into the Jesus folded story, the, the story. racism thing. Unless, Not in the way we talk about listen, it. Listen, if it wasn't in Jesus Christ Superstar, I don't know yes. about it, but I don't think there was a racial thing. But, like, the thing is, there's no mention of the fact that the people fighting against any mention or response to structural racism, guess who they are? It's like the white evangelicals. You can't pretend Jesus is all good with confronting racism without admitting, without trying to admit, like, dude, Jesus is the problem when the rest of us are are trying to. I know. I genuinely, I feel like you're giving me these arguments that Here's people a, who have been an atheist for 45 minutes wrong. come up Here's with. Here's another ad they've actually wrong. put out. This it's is a Facebook ad. Have you ever, cars. have you ever been bullied? Yeah. That's the whole ad. The implication is Jesus was bullied too. He gets you. He gets being bullied. My bully called me Eagle because I have a Roman nose and he thought it made me look like an there Eagle. There you go. But that's the thing. Like, there's no mention, no acknowledgement of the fact that the people who are getting bullied, if you're talking about like LGBTQ people, where's that coming from? So I wanted to bring this. Do what you are remember? Your expectations, Hammond. Acknowledge. Th- I, w- I would love to see an honest campaign that says, we know most of the Christians you ever see are pieces of crap on TV, in the media. The people with the largest platforms and profiles are horrible. Mm. We are not like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. wish we would all get back to basics. I mean, I would at least get where that's coming well, from. Now, These people want to think like, if we all just return to Jesus, everything will be fine. Well, one no. of us is a marketing professional and one of us isn't. And I just want to say to you mm-hmm. <laughs> that... Would this campaign work? It's a, I mean, who cares? Genuinely. I mean, that's the whole question. They're spending $100 million thinking that this campaign will work. Do you think they have a point? No, I don't. But also, fine, like... I'm happy with that fucking advertisement money to go to the MTA and they can like sure. improve their trains or whatever. Oh, yeah, I mean like they can I waste just, their money however I, I they guess, want. I, I guess haven't I'm just confused. Okay. I'm confused about why this feels like a big deal for you. When, I'll give you an analogy here. Literally, why. this is what we well, haven't I've been working for you for ten years now, and this is all we do is somebody did this bullshit advertisement for like it's religion all I you have need in my it. Life. But like what are you expecting? Okay. What do you expect? Okay. Andrew Yang. Remember him? The, oh, brother. Okay. You remember he launched the Forward Party recently? No. Okay. He and launched, I pay attention to He policy. launched a third party. Oh, it's called the Forward Party. Oh, boy. And his whole thing is like, we know most of you hate the two sides. He actually built it as a centrist alternative to the two-party system meant to appeal to a, quote, moderate Common sense majority. How do you feel about Andrew Yang as a fellow Asian? Or, do you think he's oh. making y'all look good or bad? No, he's a he's someone you all dunk. Uh, we all dunk on. We do. All like dunk okay, on but him. here's the point. He seems like a good dude, just misguided. 
totally misguided. I think this is a grift. But here's the thing. Yeah. If you go to their website, like Forward Party, fine, you started a third party. I've seen that. It usually doesn't work. Are they work. running at local levels? That's a great question, Thank Green you, Party. Haven't. Like, are you doing anything? <laughs> are you doing anything besides running a candidate to siphon votes? Running from, for president okay. once every four years. Right. This but is also to the Bernie bros from 2016. So, okay, Forward Party, you want to be the centrist alternative. What are your positions on anything? Yes, tell And me. the answer is they have none. They say, we don't have a platform. There are no positions. Like wait, they say those words, or no, they just say I'm saying that, but okay. you will not find any policy beliefs what are they about anything. What, what are, are they, they for? Yeah. Nothing. They have no opinions about anything. So they're only saying, hey, we're not a Democrat and we're not a Republican. We'll find well, a common sense. Like here's what they said. Um, this is actually this week an essay in the Atlantic was from a volunteer for the Forward Party who has since left the group. Here's what he wrote: When a party's platform is no more specific than free people, thriving communities, and vibrant democracy, leaders are essentially saying, "Good vibes, good people, trust us." Which yes, yeah. did you write that? No, that was this guy in that the Atlantic. Really, right. It was very good. But here's the point: like, if you don't tell us where you stand on the biggest issues we're all facing right now, what abortion rights, civil rights, mm-hmm. LGBTQ rights, immigration rights, like, you gotta have some position on this. Even if you say we can find a good compromise to bring people from both sides together, what is your compromise on abortion? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you gonna? find a way to to thread the needle here. Well, I like, think... I don't know what that is. I, and, I, I think we, as a collective, need to be a little more aware of the Overton window, which do you, do you want to explain? Can Do you have a good... People have a range of opinions you could have, but if one side's insanely crazy, now all of a sudden we start thinking the crazy people are kind of normal, mm-hmm. and it shifts the window of acceptable opinions in one direction or another. Is Ex- that fair? I, I, yeah, that, okay. I, I think that's what how I it? would put it. Well, I think the Overton window is very much applicable here because Yang at all are saying, oh my God, they're both extremists yes. and we're going to find something in the middle where and it's all not I'm asking, that we're both extremists. Right. It's one party wants to like govern and help people and the other wants to sow chaos. Right. And if you try to divide those particular uprights, you're going to end up with like an anti-choice decision as a compromise. Right. So this is the point. Like why this is the criticism everybody who cares about politics and writes about it. Yeah. This is what they pretty much complained about from the get-go. It's like you're it's one thing to say we're going to bring Republicans and Democrats together. Like, nice idea. Well, yeah. what are you going to do to make that happen? What is your shared principled position that's mm-hmm. not too extreme you cannot on anything, especially the most on, contentious things? I'm not him. Yes. And the answer is there is no answer, which is what everyone said. Like, what are you going to do about abortion? They're like, we're not here to tell you how to think about abortion, but we're going to bring people to the table and figure this out. We're going to talk to 50 white men about their views on abortion and come to a consensus. But here's here's the analogy I want to make. I think you get that the forward party is a, whatever you think about the idea of it, it doesn't work in practice because there is no way to compromise on a lot of these issues. Which we're seeing. It's a nice idea, but in practice, it just doesn't work because Even it the can't. GOP can't compromise, and we're <laughs> looking at it right now. Right. This is the Jesus gets us. He gets us thing. 
You can't oh. just say we're the forward party of religion. We want everyone to come together. Let's unite under what Jesus has in yeah. common. Tell us what you think about gay people. Oh, I tell think us it... what you think about that. They're like, we we have no opinions about this. Of well, course. Where do you think the bigotry's coming from? It's your side, buddy. Um, there yeah. was another, we talked about this a year ago, like there was a, I'm not going to bring his name into it because it doesn't matter, but there was a Christian minister who said his ministry exists to bridge the divide between Christians like himself and LGBTQ people. And he said, I want to bring those groups together because historically Dang. they do not get together. Sounds like a nice idea. Here's the problem. You go to his website and the FAQ is like two questions long. Oh. <laughs> do you think homosexuality is immoral? Mm. And he's like, I don't, I don't have any position on that. Like, I don't, I don't want to say anything one way or the other. Oh, do you think same-sex marriage is okay? This is like 10 years ago. Do, do you think same-sex marriage should be okay? He's like, I don't take any position. I'm not here to tell you what to so think. So brave. Just and that's the wow. thing. That's exactly, that's the right answer. Guess what? That ministry doesn't exist anymore because no one liked any of it because it's like, how can you not have a position on the thing we're all arguing about? Mm-hmm. You're like, you guys are all arguing. I'm going to bring you together. Buddy, what do you think we're arguing about? Can I tell you? I was trying but to... But this is the He Gets Us campaign. Oh, 100... No. It's just saying, like, we can bring everyone yeah, together Hemant, under the banner of Jesus. We all agree it's a bad no. campaign, Hammond. And my argument is the reason this campaign doesn't work and why it's a waste of money and what I want everyone to be thinking when they see their stupid emotional ads during the Super Bowl is... I don't care what you think about Jesus. I've seen the effects of Jesus, and they hurt people. And if Christians of any stripe are not willing to acknowledge that the most prominent Christians who happen to be conservative, which are the ones with the prominence, that they are the ones hurting people more than anyone else, and they are doing it in the name of Christianity, Mm -hmm. if you can't bring yourself to acknowledge that and admit your religion has played a role in that, any, any way you want, admit that Jesus and the way people have believed in Jesus and taken that message has hurt people, like... Jesus alone, especially when it's an ant campaign run by people who have used Jesus to hurt people mm-hmm. and have marketed groups that have used Jesus to hurt people. Like they're all in this to try to get you. It's remember all those mega churches are that you are learning like, about capitalism no, for the first time. Remember all those mega churches are like, we're inviting, we're we welcome we're all inviting. people, no perfect people allowed in this church. Uh-huh. And they say, welcome in here. And then we've heard all these sad stories of like. Well, this lesbian joined the church. And then later on, when she was like a volunteer and working with them, she gets married to her partner. And they're like, oh, you can't work here anymore. You're I not mean, we've seen here. it a gajillion times. But this is the thing. They're trying to suck you in without telling you all the fine print. And then it's like, what do you think's going to happen? Yeah, dog. Are you accusing we, a cult no. of being a cult? That's how it works. What so, do you think? do it's working it's worked for millennia that is exactly what i said at the beginning of this and you got mad at me for saying what you're saying right now i'm just don't understand why you're mad this is their whole fucking because this ad is now taking on a second wave right now on a lot of big things and i want people who see these ads to be pissed off when they see them for all these reasons everybody listening to the show is i'm sure they are but i want them to say like, oh, okay, you cannot say Jesus gets us, Jesus is fine, but all the people who use him in a bad way are wrong. No, your religion is the problem. I want everyone to be thinking that when you see the ads. That's all. 
And guess what? If they're listening to this podcast, they already are. I hope they do. I just feel like you expect people to take ownership of their bullshit because I feel like you Wouldn't are. Wouldn't that a, be nice? It would be nice because I. Gen, this is how I feel. I think you are a person with, um, with like self respect and. Um, you have misjudged me. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> but like I feel like you say what you mean and you mean what you say and you expect that of everybody else. You are honest and and clear about things but that's not how advertising do i know and i want the people who just see it like when you hear people talking about it because you will you'll see it on facebook your friends will share it be the person who comments and is a dick um, it, uh, I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what Facebook is for. It's not for useful conversation. I am conversation. not the person who is here to tell people to be a dick to their weird Christian aunt. Like, then don't invite them to the holiday dinner. Well, you know, I didn't. Okay. Obviously, uh, I wanted to make sure I covered this too because this is a big deal That's in big. Norway recently. Ooh, Norway. In Norway, the Jehovah's Witnesses what? were just stripped of their religious community status. This wow. is a big deal. Wait. And what that means in practice is that. Like, they could still get together and have their religion, whatever. But they will not get taxpayer funding, and they will not be allowed to perform legal marriages. Wow. And what's it's that based huge, on? So what is that based on? A year ago, the government of Norway basically said, listen, we don't care. Like, let me explain a couple things here. Norway has a national church, like mm-hmm. a lot of European countries do. Mm-hmm. They actually don't have a the national religion. Yeah. They no longer have a national religion, because even in Norway, no one believes in anything. But a national church? Anymore, but they do have a national church. But the way it works in Norway is that the more members your religion has, 50 is the minimum. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you have 50 members in your religious group, you can apply with the government and say, we want taxpayer money to run our church, our business, our religion. Um, because in theory, we're bringing good to the world, and in so the theory, government right. should support that. You can apply for state subsidies. In 2021, 724 different groups got that sort of funding. Um, that includes, by the way, humanist groups. Like, um, this isn't a discrimination thing, okay. but 700 some groups, a lot of religions, got money for in a pretty small country. <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay, this is what they do. This is that's their thing. This okay, is how fine. They do it. I've heard from. Everyone on social media, they do not want you singing. Fuck you, heaven. This is the first time that people have rallied for me. I don't even remember what I sang or why I was yelling. Here's what the law says, though. There are some lines in the sand. Because they say, we don't care what what your beliefs are. If you have 50 members. 50 human beings. 50 human beings. Like, we will, you are eligible for the subsidy. Here are their lines in the sand. They say, if your religious or philosophical community or anyone acting on behalf of your community in some official capacity. That's tricky. uh, Commits violence, makes threats, Mm. violates children's rights, um, violates statutory discrimination prohibitions, or basically if you're impeding the rights and freedom of others, yeah, we're not going to give you money. That's kind of their basic rules. Jehovah's Witnesses are pretty... Okay. All right. Just tell me. So those are their... I'm going to get. Okay. So those are their rules. Now, I know there are atheists who are like, any form of religious indoctrination is child abuse. That is not what we are talking about here. This is like straight up, unless your religion says like, we hurt people. Right. Like, then you're not getting money. It's chill. It's fine. Like the Catholic Church, you're fine. Because there's nothing in your rule book that says you must do this. There's nothing in the rule book that says a dog (laughs) cannot be speaker of the house is all I'm saying. And Dottie Yes, an idiot, it's the but Bud she will rule be there. Applied to Norwegian <laughs> religion. Okay, so here's the deal with the Jehovah's Witnesses. In 2021, there were about 12,000, no, 12,686 
Jehovah's Witnesses. That's more than 50. More than 50. Not to brag, wasn't a math teacher. That that accounted for about 1.8 million US dollars, if I convert. Oh, oh, dollars. About 1.8 million dollars they were eligible for. Do we have a percentage of the population off the top of your head or no? That's Uh, what I thought you were getting at. Not off the top of my head. Okay, go ahead. But that's how much money. Uh, 1.8 million dollars is what the Jehovah's Witnesses got. What I would call. Because they have that many members. A metric fuck ton of money. A lot of money. So here's the thing in 2021, they got. Some letters, two former members of the Jehovah's Witnesses and another whistleblower who wanted to remain anonymous sent the government letters saying, the Witnesses are violating your rules. And like, it's not like the rules were secret. Really? It's not like the rules were secret, but the government can't like go on a witch hunt, go after random religions because so they want to. So violating your rules means they're threatening people or well, being violent? Those I'll were get the to two that things, right? There were a few things. But okay. here's the thing. The government can't just say like, hey, Catholics, we see what you're doing. We're going to come after you. No, they had to wait they to get should. the paperwork. And now that they had some letters in hand, they could do their investigation. Okay. And here's basically what they found out. I'll skip ahead the nuanced the stuff. Here's what they of a said. Sphinx over there. Uh-huh. The witnesses, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, actually formally have a practice called disfellowshipping. They do. What is disfellowshipping? That means if you decide you're an adult, you say, you know what, I don't believe in this stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave the Jehovah's Witnesses. The religion says you're basically excommunicated, and members of the church, members of the witnesses cannot have any interaction with you hmm. minus like small minor things or they can't talk to you you are not friends anymore you are cut off which makes it really hard to leave the faith and i mean there's no shortage and of traumatic not, stories of adults yeah. who like i left the church i haven't talked to my parents yeah since yeah. whenever and while this is not only a jehovah's witness thing it it's really common there but we see it in what scientology mm-hmm. especially a lot of cults <clears throat> where people have to pick between their religion less extreme but also there in mormonism yeah so mormonism yeah there. they had the disfellowship thing <clears throat> you can't go to the church if you're not a mormon like for weddings and shit like that it's it's heavy the it's heavy to leave the church norwegian government said well guess what all the religions that receive government subsidies from us they have to practice a quote right to free withdrawal you have to be able to oh, leave a religion freely. Okay. And if there's any obstacle to leaving the religion, that's a violation of the law. So what do they consider an obstacle? An obstacle is like if someone says, I don't believe and I want to leave, they have the Anything right to do that. Anything that they do to keep them there is an obstacle? Yeah, because now you're not just a religion with religious beliefs. You're a cult. Like, let's all admit that's I mean, kind of no, what you're it, doing. It is a hundred percent true. I'm ge- I'm genuinely just thinking about what the government official wrote in the letter said. Disfellowshipping quote can cause members to feel pressured to remain in the faith community. Yes. Now remember, if you're let's say Catholic or evangelical and you decide you are no longer mm. and you want to leave, mm-hmm. your family might put pressure on you. They might make you feel really bad about it. Of course, your church might say we're not friends with you anymore. But that is not written in the rule book. That's just kind of how it plays out. The Jehovah's Witnesses, though, this is in their rule book, the disfellowshipping idea. This is coming from on high. Second reason, and there's only two, second reason the government said we have a problem with what you're doing is that they have a similar policy for kids. Because if a child in a Jehovah's Witness family, uh, quote, makes it a habit to break the moral standards of the Bible and does not repent. Basically, if you have a rebellious child, but maybe not one old when enough to do a child, formal, do you mean like a, six, seven year old, or like a with, fourteen? Let's 15. go with sixteen to make this easier. Okay, like you're not quite old enough to go off on your own somewhere, but you decide you don't believe this stuff. Yeah, uh, but whatever, you you don't feel bad about not believing in this stuff. You don't the witnesses bad. teach you treat them. 
like as pariahs. You can't kick them out. We're not asking you to, like, yeah, you get to, that's a bad thing. That means if a young teenager quits the religion, you're not excluded the same way an adult would be. Like, your parents are not obligated by the religion to kick you out of the house. But the religion says the rebellious child can no longer, quote, have contact with other close family, including grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins, or friends. That's what they teach. Like, you could stay at home with your parents, but, like, outside of that, no. You are taught that no one else is to hey, hang out with you. Hey, 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 Hammett, what the fuck is wrong with religion? Yes. Why do they Welcome do this Welcome to my world. That's sh- what I've been saying for an hour okay, and a half now. Okay, I did not okay. just discover this. <laughs> so the government said that puts pressure on the child to remain in the fold, a violation of their own rights. They said, we consider social isolation as a form of punishment against the child. And they're correct. Yeah. So because of those two, quote, systematic and intentional offenses, none of which the Jehovah's Witnesses could deny because it's in their In writing. their texts. Um, basically, last year, the government said, listen, we're totally going to punish you for this. Yeah. So for this year, we're taking away your money. Great. But we'll give you a year to kind of get your stuff in order if you want to make any changes. Classic Norwegian generosity. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the religion is like, we're not making any changes. These are our religious rules. So this past week, uh, maybe lost. a week, two weeks ago, the the government said, okay, we're now not only making this permanent instead okay. of temporary uh, and not giving you the money, we're also revoking your right to perform religions that are uh, uh, marriages that are uh, considered wow. official by the government. So if a Jehovah's Witness wants to get, mar- uh, wants to get married with all the benefits of marriage, mm-hmm. they got to go through like a judge, like the, you do in the U.S., because okay. your priest can't marry you anymore. Okay. Um, and by the way, the witnesses said they're going to appeal this decision. What On what grounds? Yeah, I don't know. How? They did say, like, a ju- they asked a judge, can you put a halt to this? And they got a victory there. But really all that means is, look, we got time to fight this in court. And until it's finalized, we want you to hold off on getting rid of the no marriages allowed in the religion like that are... Which, to be fair, is harmful on it's, a lot of levels. Sure. So it's like, fine, you guys can have the stay on the decision, but ultimately, it doesn't look like the Norwegian government has done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. They acted by the book. The Jehovah's Witnesses have followed their dogma. And now they just jehovah themselves out of like two million bucks a year. So whatever. Yeah. They can still meet. They can still practice their faith. They're just not going to get rewarded for it. Listen, which a I lot think of us do really not get government important. funding for hanging out with our friends. So, <laughs> so yeah. like the And by the way, like I hope... The, the, I should point out, in other places... Uh, one of my favorite tangents to this story is that there have been unintended consequences to what the Norwegian government is doing. And here's one of the examples of that. In 2016, the nation's evangelical Lutheran church, they launched a website to make it easier to track members and roll new ones thinking, hey, this is good for us. We're modernizing our church. Uh, So we have an app and a website and all that. But that plan backfired because by 2016, people were much more aware that if they say we are members of a church, that the church gets money for them being a member. Uh So in 2016, when this Evangelical Lutheran Church app went live, a lot of people are like, you know what? I always say I'm Lutheran, but like, I'm not. Not really. So I'm going to use your app to get out of the church. And a lot of people left. 
And also That's in 2015, fucking funny. hilarious. In 2015, the Catholic Church also had an app to mm-hmm. help people with membership and stuff. And it turned out the Norwegian government, oh, I'm sorry, I should say, let me back up. In 2015, the Norwegian government fined the Catholic Church like $5 million because they fraudulently registered thousands of people on its membership lists. I mean, I've always the, said I want to move to Scandinavia. <laughs> and after the church created an app for members, all, more than 11,000 Norwegians uh, resigned shortly 11, after. 11,000 When you Norwegian. give people a button that oh, makes yeah. it easier for them to say, like, no, I want out. Listen, there's a reason email marketing buries its unsubscribe button in, like, the finest font at the bottom of the page. Nobody That's wants great. you to, to tap out. I've been going forever. I'm going to give you two quick stories because I want to make two sure. Two quick stories? I know. How uh, three hours record. Um, but really quick, uh, I think I mentioned this two weeks ago, but we didn't have finality on it. Okay. Um, in New York, New there was a York. bill. Zero <laughs> points. <He's> so mad. <laughs> uh, in New York, there was a bill that passed. It was in front of the governor, just waiting for her signature. Uh. That would have expanded treatment yeah. options for secular people struggling with substance Bummer. abuse. Basically, all the bill did is if you have to go in front of a judge for whatever addiction issue you have, and the judge says you have to complete a substance abuse treatment program, uh-huh. a lot of those judges were just sending people to, like, Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. which is religious. Yeah. And a lot of, and, like, in some states, not New York, but in some states, there were people who were like, this violates my religious well, was beliefs. Was he Hindu, the, um, the pilot? There was a pilot for United Airlines. Not a public place, but, yeah, United Airlines was said... He Hindu? Uh, Buddhist. Buddhist. And they said, like, you got to go through a faith-based substance abuse program. And he's like, but well, I found an alternative. They don't call alter- it that, but that's what we understand it to be. Yeah. And the Buddhist said, like, well, I found an alternative substance abuse program and that like, aligns with my faith. And the company's like, no, that doesn't count. He filed a lawsuit. They just settled in his favor. Mm-hmm. But same thing, like, a, a prisoner was like, you're making me go through, like, Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't want to. In 2020, an appellate court sided with the prisoner. So why did they pass this bill in New York? They just said, if you're making someone go through a substance abuse treatment program, mm-hmm. put it, make the obligation on the judge, on mm-hmm. the courts, mm-hmm. to let the defendant know, if you don't like the religious aspects of it, we'll get you an alternative place. Because right now, it's on the defendant to say, I want to go somewhere else. That's what the bill yeah. did. Harmless easy it just says hey you know this thing that's already legal Mm -hmm. just make the judge remind it because guess what the defendants don't know the nuance of the law on this (laughs) stuff most people don't know uh alcoholics anonymous is religious in nature Mm -hmm. even though it's nebulous in its religion these days so anyway that was the bill should have been an easy fix kathy hochel just had to sign it well on right before christmas she said i'm vetoing it and it's like well do we know why this week, and I'm talking like literally two days ago, she finally issued the public explanation for why she vetoed this bill. Oh, boy. Um, and it made no sense. Uh, here's what she said in the substantive part of the veto. While I support the right to a substance use treatment program that will be most effective, codifying the right to object to mandated attendance of a religious substance use treatment program sets an uncomfortable precedent in that it may invite future selective legislative efforts to inject a similar burden upon judges to inform litigants of their rights to opt out of other court mandates. <sighs> Let me translate. So what she she's just mad said, that uh, defendants are going to get too many rights? Uh, is that what I'm of. hearing? Her, my interpretation of that is that if she signs this bill, 
it'll allow other defendants in other situations to claim some sort of religious right to avoid other court mandates, even though this bill wasn't allowing non-Christians to get out of anything. No one's saying they can't, they're not supposed to do, they can get bad, out of what bad, the judge wants them to Bad judgment, bad judgment, bad call, judgment. unclear. It, it just, I, it, it's, non, it's nonsensical, frankly. Totally nonsensical. She like, also genuinely, said- Genuinely, it sounds like she is worried that people will be too well informed of their yeah. rights, which I don't she think also we have said, a problem with people imprisoned in the country having too many rights. Right. I don't think that's our problem She also here. added, given that defendants already have the right to request non-religious treatment, this bill is unnecessary and imposes an overly rigid burden on courts and judges. Okay, you want to know what that burden You want to know what that burden is? Tell me. That burden is oh, you have to do a treatment program. Oh, are you, do you object to any religious aspect of this program? If the answer is yes, then it's like, okay, we'll find you an alternative. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's that's the whole thing. That's what she says is too burdensome for judges. Um, just a stupid move bad. by a Democratic governor in a Democratic state who has already done a bunch of stupid things mm-hmm. like nominate a right-wing judge for the state Supreme Court when she could nominate a liberal judge and fix the gerrymandering that Republicans undid because, uh, you know, gerrymandering is not okay in blue states, but it's only Sure, okay it's in great in red states. Anyway, Hochul, really bad decision. And here's the last thing yeah, uh, I want to bring up today, which is uh, we mentioned Jamie Raskin earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Raskin said last week that uh, he has a cancer diagnosis. Oh, I did hear that. Yeah, he said he just revealed his diagnosis of diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, which mm-hmm. he said is a serious but curable form of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that is the case, and hopefully it's treatable. He basically put it out there to say, I don't want this to be a secret. Like, I have this diagnosis. I'm going to get the treatment for it. I'm mm-hmm. told it'll be fine. Um, but here's the thing I wanted to point out about his message um, I, I, I wasn't expecting anything different because one, he is one of the co-founders of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he's Jewish on paper, he's pretty secular, very pro-church state separation mm-hmm. and like one of the most progressive uh, guys who fights tend to be for, pretty fucking chill about he, religion application <laughs> overall. <laughs> he absolutely is. He's also, if you care about politics, he's the lead impeachment manager for uh-huh. Trump's second impeachment. He was a mm-hmm. member of the January 6th committee. He's now going to be the top Democrat on the House Oversight Committee whenever this new Congress gets sworn in. So amazing, amazing guy overall. But here's what stood out to me when I was reading his brief message about this um, and compare this to, way, to the way people were reacting to the football mm-hmm. guy we mentioned earlier. Um, here's what Raskin put it. I am about to embark on a course of chemo immunotherapy on an outpatient basis okay. at a Georgetown University hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, dot, dot, dot. I am advised that it also causes hair loss and weight gain, although I am still holding out hope for the kind that causes hair gain and weight loss. Funny. Uh-huh. With the benefit of early detection and fine doctors, the help of my extraordinary staff, the love of Sarah and our daughters and sons-in-law, actual and to be, and family and friends and my constituents and colleagues, I plan to get through this, dot, dot, dot. My love and solidarity, solidarity go out to other families managing cancer or any other health condition this holiday season and all the doctors, nurses, and medical personnel who provide us comfort and hope. Beautiful, Beautiful statement. Gorgeous. Funny statement. Well put. Adorable. Um, and I, I was trying to think... self we love that. And he didn't do this in retaliation of anything, but I'm just, I can't remember any other 
member of Congress who has ever suffered something similar who hasn't mentioned God in their statement because they believed in God and they mentioned God and all that's fine. That's the way they talk. I, I was just shocked at the way he managed to say all the same stuff without, I mean, there's your template for anyone else who's hopefully not in the similar situation. I actually asked representative Jared Huffman if he had any comment on (laughs) what his colleague just went through and he actually responded and he just said to me, I'm obviously very concerned But I also know Jamie is one of the strongest and most resilient people I know. Hmm. So if anyone can beat it, and clearly a lot of people do these days, I'm betting on my friend Jamie. So that's nice. Um, I think that's it. Hashtag thoughts and prayers. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) Where do we find you? You can always find me on Twitter at Jess Bloomkey, which apparently it seems like is not dead yet. Uh, Elon has to do other shit right now. Oh, yeah. He's he's CEO of like eight places, which as somebody. None of them seem to be working. And as somebody said on Twitter, I guess that means CEOs don't really fucking do anything. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you can always leave us a review. Oof. Uh, <laughs> you know how I just find the most recent review? Oh, do I, why, why? Well, they haven't updated it since December 15th, and the most recent one is just labeled Club Q Shooting by oh. Jesus is King 333. One star. You immediately <laughs> blamed the Christians for the shooting. What you didn't wait to realize is that the shooter was actually gay as well and would not be motivated by hate for homosexuals. LOL, self-loathing is such a real thing. Dang. Yes, yes, I'm a Christian writing this, but not with hatred, (laughs) but to simply identify a fact. Wait, was he really gay? I don't think I knew that. No, I think he said initially just to troll people or something that he used uh, they, them pronouns. Well, listen, as long as Jesus is king 666, or 333, sorry, that that wasn't supposed to be a joke. It was pretty funny, though, actually. Um, You can leave us a review. We did that. Email us, friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Our Patreon is friendly, uh, nope, patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. We appreciate your support. Um, Anything else you got? Uh, no, keep listening. If we're going to do a bonus comments, episode, we'll and I have fucking episode. nothing to say. We so we're just going to be rambling. We will figure it out. Okay. Let's do it. Goodbye. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.